They, they all motivated me, um, and I did my first half marathon in 2019. I think the reason I was able to do it also is because I had this confidence. I didn't have this. I was very self-conscious of the loose skin that would be visible under my shirt. The thing is, uh, at the gym, I remember a few times somebody would say, oh, you, you must have lost a lot of weight because I see that the skin there. And it was, it was embarrassing to me. Um, it held me back, really, from wanting to run outside and then i did my first half marathon and um that, that was an amazing experience um just something i never in my life dreamed i could do welcome to the plant-based dfw podcast weekly show with dr riz and maya a show broadcasted from the dallas fort worth area that focuses on lifestyle medicine this is the use of evidence-based lifestyle therapeutic approaches such as a whole food plant-based diet regular physical exercise, adequate sleep, and stress management to treat, prevent, and oftentimes reverse lifestyle-related chronic diseases that are all too prevalent. Every week, they feature a guest who speaks on one of these lifestyle medicine pillars. This show is for you, the person who is seeking to improve your overall wellness and quality of life. So whether you are driving, walking, or relaxing at home, we hope this show will provide you one more tool for your wellness toolbox. Let's meet today's podcast guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Before I introduce our guest, Richard Hubbard, uh, there's some information that I'd like to share with you. And I always find that it's easier if you're part of our newsletter, because that way I can send you details and links and things like that. Sometimes our listeners don't see the show notes because they're either watching on television or they're listening on their app and maybe... They don't know how to access the show notes. So the best way to know about the summits that are coming up and about things that we're part of is to follow our newsletter, which by the way, we are going to be in a summit in May and Dr. Risa and I, and there's another summit I want to tell you about in May as well. So please uh, sign up. This is a link bit bit dot ly forward slash pbdfw newsletter. And when you use that link, you get access to our 2020 recap video where we tell you about last year and how we survived that. Okay, our podcast has a new look. I don't know if some of you have noticed, but we have a new cover with myself and Dr. Riz. We have a new logo, new colors, a new uh, soundtrack with a narrator who does our introduction. So you might have noticed those changes and wondered what is this the same show I was listening to before? Well, we have a little bit more energy and excitement about the podcast world. And so we wanted to put more energy and creativity into that. I was recently checking out our stats for the podcast and noticed that we have listeners in many other countries aside from the United States, Canada, Australia, and the UK. And I sort of just wanted to send you a shout out and say thank you for listening. Um, so people from Ireland, Germany, Russia, Belgium, France, Spain, Mexico, Italy, India, Netherlands, Switzerland, Sweden, Romania, Puerto Rico, about three countries in Africa are listening, uh, along with other areas of the world that are listening. So I want to say thank you for listening, and we hope that you're finding value in the content. We now are on 14 podcast apps, and that includes Audible, which is really cool. Um, send us a message and let us know where you're listening from. I've created this link also where you can message us. It's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash PBDFW listener. I want to hear from you. I want to know who you are, 
how this has helped you and what has your plant-based journey been like, please send us a message. And like I mentioned, we are now on Audible. So yes, you can listen to our podcast on Audible. And so visit that this particular link that I'm giving you, bit, B-I-T dot L-Y, plant-based DFW Audible, and leave us a review. And why would we want anyone to leave us a review? Well, because that helps other people know what the content is about. Tell us what you have gained by listening to our guests. So I was recently invited to be part of the pod advisory committee for the Plan Pure Communities Organization. And as many of you already know, our organization, Plant-Based DFW, is considered a pod under this organization. Prior to COVID-19, we held monthly in-person events at our local library where we held lectures, movie screenings, potlucks, and even panel discussions with a goal of supporting our Dallas community in going plant-based and being healthy. Well, I am now part of the POT Advisory Committee, which is designed to ignite, transform, and enrich the PPC's endeavors to create vibrant global change. I'm providing the links so that you can see if there's a POT in your area. And a POT is meant to support you as an organization that meets in person, but now a lot of us are now online. And we just wanna provide resources for you so that you can continue to be successful on a plant-based diet. Also, show notes can be viewed in either your computer or your mobile device. I always include a video version of our interviews on our YouTube channel, and the link for that is bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash plant-based DFW. Okay, enough about that. Like I said, you can learn a lot about this information that I share if you follow our newsletter. Let's meet our guest. Richard Hubbard is a webmaster and resides in Connecticut. He also maintains a health blog by the name of healthylivingct.com and does a podcast. Rich recently published a weight loss book titled A Plant-Based Journey to Health about his incredible 150 pound weight loss that he managed to keep off. He's 100% vegan and tries to work out five days a week, having done two half marathons the past couple of years. In this episode, we learn about Richard's journey from being diagnosed as hypertensive to becoming a marathoner, an author, and now an inspiration to many. As usual, I find so much value in sharing testimonials like this because I feel like people can identify with being stuck in a certain place and then finding motivation through these conversations. So as always, I hope that you enjoy this episode and thank you for being part of the community. Welcome, Richard. Well, thank you for having me as well. Many people struggle with weight issues, and that's kind of what became became part of your journey is to help others. I did a post recently where I asked people, how are they kind of managing their high blood pressure? And you responded and shared your story. And then I thought, oh, yes, of course, I've seen you on Chef AJ. So I'm very excited about talking about how you were able to lose your weight, but also blood pressure, because that's a big issue right now, especially with um, it being a core morbidity um, and making people more vulnerable to having more complications if they should get the coronavirus. So Richard, tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing. And I always wonder if people struggle with weight issues early on, or maybe there were some things put in place early on that led to some weight gain. Oh, definitely. Um, To start off with, uh, let me um, show you my picture from where I started if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. That's always a good starting point. It is. So th- this is me about um, maybe uh, nine, 10 years ago. I don't know if you can see it. Y- yeah, that's a good, yes, right there. So, wow. Um, 
Yeah, it was, it was a big difference. Um, so I never thought I would uh, be able to do this uh, as much as anybody else. Uh, but anyway, let me start at the beginning of um, where my journey started. This was back in 2012. Um, I, um, initially, I hadn't gone to a doctor in years. Um, but um, the state of Connecticut, because I, I work for the state of Connecticut, they changed their insurance requirements. At the time, I wasn't happy about it, but it actually was a life-changing life uh, moment for me because um, they suddenly required a, a physical to face um, cheaper premiums. And I, um, I guess I was frugal with my money because I, <laughs> I, I wanted to um, uh, do a physical. And it actually surprised me looking back because my background, I always avoided the doctors. And I'm so grateful I uh, you know, got the courage to do it. So um, I was faced with um, doing a physical. My, my um, doctor that I had when I was a kid, he retired um, shortly um, after I graduated college and I had nobody. And um, so I, I researched on the internet for um, local doctors in my area. And I, I saw somebody with a small practice and um, I didn't want to go to a, a big practice. I don't know, I, I, I wanted to go to an old school doctor at the time for some reason. And um, I, I came upon this doctor. He was um, uh, almost, a, he was a couple of years from retirement. Um, and I, I went to, um, I reluctantly went to that um, physical and um, he confirmed what I had already known that I, I was obese, but the way he said it scared me to death because he told me I was morbidly obese and nobody has ever um, told me in that, in that kind of language before. So that was uh, one wake-up call. And then he told me something that I didn't even think about because high blood pressure is a silent killer, they say. He told me um, I was hypertensive. And uh, he also told me that I would need to go on medication if I didn't get it down by the next appointment. He wanted to see if it was you know, just an artificial high reading at that first appointment. So he gave me um, a week to come back. And yes, it was, it was still high. It was probably, I don't recall the number. It was probably like 150 over 110 or something. I just didn't remember 110 is the bottom number anyway. So it was high. And um, I was scared to death. He told me um, I, I'd have to um, lose the weight. And he also wanted me to um, go on the meds. So I, I picked up the medication and I read the side effects, and it was a, it's a page long of side effects. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't even like to take Tylenol. It's just the way I am. And um, I, I did not want to face that. And I remember I, I was telling my mom about, about the meds because she's a nurse and um, she gives out medication all the time. And her attitude was, well, everybody's on something. It's really not a big deal. And, you know, she takes meds herself. This is back then. Um, so um, for some reason, and I don't know where it comes from, I had this um, stubborn attitude inside me that I want to do this on my own. I didn't want to be dependent on meds. And you have to understand my background that um, my dad also, he was on like 10 different meds. And my stepmom, who he married uh, later on, she was also on a lot of meds. And, and um, you know, they, they're probably pretty much going to be on meds for life because they never made any changes. And I didn't want to be like that because I, I saw my dad, he was taking um, 
one medication to cover the side effects of another medication. And I was thinking how depressing that is. And um, so I called up my doctor and told him, um, I want to try and lose my weight um, first and see if the blood pressure comes down. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, you know, I was still an amateur at all this. <laughs> and I, I was shocked. He actually um, agreed. He said, if I, if he sees the, the weight starting to come off and um, if the blood pressure comes down in six months, um, he would give me six months, um, he would hold off on the meds. And if after six months it's, it's down, um, he won't pressure me anymore for that. So um, fast forward um, to December of 2012. Not only did I um, impress him at that six month visit, uh, this was almost 12 months later, uh, I had um, dropped 120, my first 150 pound weight loss and the first 120 pounds. And um, he could not believe it. My blood pressure was like 110 over 70. And um, he was just uh, so amazed. And he never, um, he never believed in like a lifestyle change. He, he wanted me to do um, Weight Watchers. Because uh, at the time they were promoting a Weight Watchers for Men program. I remember seeing that on TV as well. And I didn't like that idea. Why? Because um, it seemed like a temporary fix. And I, I wanted something permanent. And um, April 2012 is when I first discovered Dr. Furman. And that, that was totally life-changing, like the physical was. Um, he, he opened my eyes to um, the G-bombs foods. He was on um, an episode of Dr. Oz, and I happened to catch it one day. It was, it was like a fate almost, because I don't know how I happened to be home, you know, from work that one day, but it worked out good. And um I've, I've been eating the G-Bonds foods, I believe, um, every day. I'm, I'm not sure for certain, but those are always my go-to foods. Um, I follow other plans. I do Dr. Greger's plan as well, but the G-Bonds foods, that's my basics for every day. I like Dr. Furman. I'm familiar with his work as well. Can you explain to our listeners what G-Bonds are? Oh, sure. Yes, those are greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds. Those are the basic foods that he recommends people eat every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they work. Yes, they do. And so what was different? Why Dr. Furman? Why did you buy into that? Because you've said in the past that you did try other diets as well. Were you just finally tired of it all? Yeah, well, what happened was um, I was doing yo-yo dieting for years. And I tried everything from um, high-protein diets to um, low-carb and everything in between, nothing was working. I, I never even had any significant weight loss with any of them. It's not like I lost the weight and regained it. I was just never having any success. And Dr. Furman came along and um, his message was different. It wasn't about the weight loss. Yes, they all had weight loss um, on the program, but his message was about, um, he mentioned lowering blood pressure is one of the possible um, outcomes. And that's, that was my mission at the time because I was, you know, really trying to uh, improve my health. So um, that, that really resonated with me. And when I heard that, I thought, I'm going to give this a try. Maybe the weight loss will come too. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it worked. Obviously, you were very successful the first year. So you mentioned Dr. Furman. For me, Dr. McDougall. 
is the person that really kind of, I feel like gave me permission to eat those starchy foods that a lot of people are afraid of, right? Once I got on that way of living, I never really felt hungry. As a matter of fact, I realized I have to eat more in many ways. Well, you should see the size of my salads. I mean, I, I eat a lot of food. So how did that affect you psychologically when in many ways, you know, you've you had the diet, the standard American diet, um, where you would order in large amounts. And now here you are eating plant based and you're given permission to eat large amounts of food. How does that affect you psychologically? It's a very uh, strange experience. Um, but the thing is, um, to be honest, I think I was getting um, sick of uh, my lifestyle and, and the way I was eating. Um, I think really it was because of the health problems. So psychologically, I, I was ready. I, I was tired of, um, you know, relying on fast food and all the junk food. And I, I didn't want to get any worse. So I think that psychologically, that, that, that was the reason why. And I think that's why I kept my cravings in check too. I mean, I didn't have these huge cravings for things when I gave them up. Mm -hmm. and, and also I, I gave up food in stages. Um, I remember the first food that I uh, let go of was red meat because I remember reading an article that red meat might cause high blood pressure. And also I, I had a problem I didn't mention about the high cholesterol, but the doctor wasn't as worried about that. And I also wanted to lower my cholesterol. So um, red meat, obviously, that was a great food to give up for that. And I didn't crave um, the meat once I gave it up because... Um, you know, I don't like to admit this now that I'm 100% plant-based, but I was still eating like turkey or chicken that first year. And um, so I think that's why it was easy to get red meat. And then I gave up um, aspartame and any food that had aspartame in it. So by doing that, what I was really doing was eliminating processed foods from my diet that first year. I didn't really plan it that way, but that's the way it worked out because, you know, when you're looking for all these ingredients that you're trying to eliminate, Eventually, there's not going to be many processed foods you're able to eat. What you're talking about is some uh, a transition that's sustainable, right? So you're eliminating slowly while you're adding a lot of more healthy options. And that's we always say that that's really the way you should do it. I My change was overnight, but it wasn't as drastic. And the reason I feel like it wasn't was because I already had stopped eating red meat and pork in college. But I agree with you, Richard. Letting go of the processed foods, woo, that was a significant step for me. Yeah, it really, it's a, that's the tough part. I think for me is, um, I think the toughest part was giving up the cheese, as they say. It's a dairy that really is the toughest. It's addictive. That's right. Um, but other than that, I didn't really have any cravings. Like I said, cause I think it was just time to let the food go. Yeah. And, um, but I, I give a lot of credit to people like you and other people I've heard who are able to just do it overnight. I think whatever will get you there, then do it. If, if you could do it overnight, that's great. If you need to do it in steps, that, that's great too. Just, I think it's important to just uh, you know, go down the correct path. Um, what sort of support did you receive? So you started with Furman, you kind of took initiative on your own. Um, did you find any other kind of local groups or online groups that also helped you? I mentioned that. Um, the first year, um, I was also exercising uh, like a maniac, probably. I probably didn't have to exercise so hard. But um, the thing is, I, as you know, being plant-based, you have all this energy too, because my diet was so bad before then. 
But um, I was doing um, wellness challenges um, that first year. Uh, I remember uh, the first one was probably in April or so. And um, it was a weight loss competition. We were in teams to four at the local YMCA. And my team, um, we really worked hard. And um, uh, the teammates, I, I love uh, wellness challenges. I highly recommend them. You know, they, we all cheered each other on. And um, I had the most weight loss in the, in the team. And uh, I, I never imagined I'd be able to do all this. And, you know, here I am running, um, uh, you know, we did a 5K, which is nothing now. But back then, that really was a big deal to me because I never could run in high school. I couldn't even do the, the track. I would be out of breath. And the gym teacher would say, it's the end of the period and it's time to go to the next class. I couldn't even finish. So that, that really was a big deal for me to, to be able to um, do a 5K. And, um, you know, to have the teammates cheer me on like that, um, it really was a great experience. Wow. Congratulations on being able to even do a 5K. How soon after your weight loss were you able to do that? Probably, I think that this was in the summer. So I didn't even lose all my weight. Yeah, I mean, some of these foods I eliminated were prior to even hearing about Dr. Furman. But I mean, I really got healthy with Dr. Furman. So Richard, what I'm curious about um, growing up or your life, what contributed to your weight gain in the first place? I had what I consider a normal childhood, um, but the problem is um, I, I, was, I wasn't, I would say, morbidly obese as a kid. I was probably, you know, mildly overweight, I guess, you know, 30, 40 pounds. I mean, in comparison to what I was as an adult, it wasn't as bad, but um, I would hear jokes from um, different kids at the schoolyard. I would be bullied once in a while, and, uh, you know, it made me feel bad, and also, I, I, um, I think because of my diet and I, I wasn't as active as other kids, um, I, I didn't get to play um, competitive sports like I wished I did now, looking back. So I think I would have been a great athlete because of the way I am now. But um, So that's one of my regrets about my childhood is just, um, you know, the kids, uh, they didn't think I was in shape to, to play and I, you know, as a result of not practicing as much, I, I wasn't as good as the others. So, you know, I never really did any high school sports as much as I wanted to. And the funny story is, is that I have um, a cousin who actually became a professional uh, basketball coach uh, for colleges. And um, here I am, I, I, you know, I was never even competitive in high school or anything. And it's just kind of funny, but, but he was older and um, he didn't, um, you know, teach me much either. So, um, but I mean, I, I did, um, you know, I was very uh, active in other ways, I guess, as a kid and had friends, but just uh, not active enough. And the thing is, I love junk food. Um, and my sister, uh, she loved junk food too. And yet she was a um, healthy weight. My dad, he's never um, gained weight. He, he brags he's the same waist size as when he was in high school, and that's never changed. He's still the same way today. And I, I was, uh, I guess you could say my mom's side of the family, you know, um, there's more obese people on that side. And, and uh, so that, that's where the um, obesity came from. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I probably overindulged. I know I did as a kid. We ate all the bad foods. Um, you, know, you know, I ate ice cream and 
pizza and after school snacks or nothing was healthy. Um, uh, interesting note though, my mom did like um, salads and I think that's why I developed a taste for veggies, even though I wasn't eating enough of them. Mm-hmm. And she always made sure there was a salad before our dinner, which I'm grateful for. So um, that's good to know that at least she did value that. But she also brought the other foods into the household, right? What you mean like junk food. So she's the one that probably, you know, wanted to reward you guys with ice cream and um, candy bars and things like that. Bag of um, potato chips a day, a huge bag. And I mean, she's changed since then, thank God. Mm -hmm. Um, She's actually um, reversed her um, type 2 diabetes for the most part because she adapted a plant-based lifestyle as well. Oh, wonderful. I'm kind of proud of that. Is she off her medications as well? For the most part. I mean, uh, he has her cheat day. She's not as perfect as me. Yeah, you know, to add to what you were just saying about foods and things that kind of were very normal in your household, I, during my teaching days, I worked with elementary kids. And back in those days, it was okay to give kids candy, right? Like the teacher always had a, a jar full of candy. And, and that's what we did until one day we were told we will no longer be allowed to do that. And now knowing what I know today, I kind of wish that I had not done that. But, you know, we don't know better. Yeah, and looking back, you're absolutely right. When I was a kid, the teachers, what would they reward you with? Some candy. I, I wish it was fruit back then. I mean, it would uh, it gave us a much uh, you know, better outcome. You know, that's probably, right. Uh, it was just in the dentist. I think dentists too. Oh, probably I had maybe. tons of cavities too. That's <laughs> right. the other problem with my, my teeth. And I haven't had one cavity since going plant-based. Now, when did you notice the most significant weight gain? Was that like after high school? Or yeah, during- oh yeah. Um, I didn't really gain, um, I mean, I wasn't morbidly obese until after high school. And the, the reason for that is because uh, in college, for example, I was very active. Um, in fact, I was probably in um, better shape. I know I was in better shape in college than in high school. Um, I was walking every day. Uh, uh, we, we, uh, my college, uh, I went to Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm from um, Connecticut, a suburban area. So that was a big change. And we would go to the um, Manhattan, the city, always. Um, every weekend, we would walk miles and miles. And I was getting in shape then. Um, I remember my weight being, um, I remember one time weighing myself was like 218. And I, I was, uh, you know, so thrilled. I mean, I wasn't at my ideal weight, which I am now. But um, so but, uh, the problem is um, when I graduated college, uh, I had a desk job. And I wasn't doing the walking and I wasn't doing any exercising and sitting all day. And that really took a toll. And I, I was um, binge eating um, I had coworkers, unfortunately, would often push junk food. Um, people would bring in um, bags of food. And if there was, um, uh, I remember several times, you know, uh, if there was food laying around, others wouldn't want to eat it. And they'd say, oh, come on, eat it. What's the big deal? And they would <laughs> push the food on me. And um, yeah, I had a sister um, who was anorexic and, you know, she, she would also push food and, um, so it, it's like all these people around me were just, uh, you know, encouraging bad behavior. Just Yes. Well, I mean, so now you have two environments growing up, you know, the family environment and what they're providing. And then you have work, 
which it just seems like a lot of times from my own experience in the workforce is that it's soothing. I mean, if you can have a donut in between <laughs> during your break, it kind of helps you to get through the day. And this is kind of why I feel like it seems like rewarding when your peers, your coworkers bring a bag of treats. It's like, you know, you want to give them a pat on the back. Thanks for looking out. You know, this is going to help me. Yeah, it was an excuse for a break too. Yeah, uh, we, we would have a um, joke because uh, none of us were smokers. We called the non-smoking break. We we did our donuts or whatever junk food we were eating, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was an excuse for a break to eat the junk food as well. Again, I can see how rewarding it is and how it helps to kind of manage some of the stress that you go through during the day at work. Right, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I like to say um, when I made the transition, you know, the foods were still there. I had a different job. You know, there, there was still um, a lot of food around, but the difference is, I, I think with the plant-based foods, I was feeling more satisfied, so I didn't really crave the other foods that the other people were eating. But, you know, my taste buds shifted. So now you're getting healthy, you're losing weight, you're becoming physically active and making this visual, you know, significant transition. What did your coworkers say to you? That was a really hard adjustment for me because... I'm not used to the, um, you know, all this attention. It was really uh, kind of stressful to me at first. And um, I, I remember downplaying it. I, I could never admit that I, I lost the weight I did at first. Um, so I would say, oh, it was only 10 pounds or it was only 20 pounds. You know, I was like down 50, 60 pounds. But by the time it got to the end of the year and everybody keeps commenting, I finally had to own up to it. But once I owned up to the amount of weight loss, I, I became proud of it, and I, I owned it. I was, I was no longer ashamed of it. But it was almost like I was a, a, it was something to be ashamed of, and I don't know why. I mean, it's, I guess because I didn't want all that attention at first, but now, now it's a different story because I, I share because I want to um, influence other people into a lifestyle change. But back then, um, you know, it wasn't about um, sharing my story and. Tell us um, about your running and your heroes that have motivated you, motivated you to be um, physically active and to participate in, I think you said either half marathons or marathons. Yeah, um, before I get to the running, because uh, you were talking about the plant-based um, heroes. Uh, yes. Um, because th th this goes in sequence. In um, 2016, um, uh, I came across Robert Cheek. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, the vegan bodybuilder. The reason I, I stumbled upon him is because um, for the past few years after losing the weight, I was dealing with a lot of loose skin, uh, especially around my belly. And I, I was very embarrassed because uh, being active at the gym, and, and it's really kind of embarrassing to hear the, um, the noises, <laughs> that the, you know, the flapping of the stomach in me. So I, I was really um, embarrassed by that. And um, I was doing everything I could to tighten my skin. And I thought one way would be um, to tighten uh, with muscle. And I got to say, it did work um, for my arms and chest and other areas, but it never did work on my belly. Um, I know I'm going all over the place, but um, I ended up having a tummy tuck um, five years um, after my weight loss because that was a promise to me because um, if it didn't tighten by then, I figured it's never going to. Um, but anyway, prior to that, I came across Robert Cheek. 
and um, in my quest to tighten my skin. And um, he, he had a 13-week challenge by his book, Shred It. It was a, a journal, a shredded journal, as he called it. And it was a 13-week thing. And I thought, I could do vegan for 13 weeks. I was already doing like a week-long vegan challenge here and there. And I actually kind of liked it, but I didn't stick with it at the time. And um, so I, I, uh, I read his book, and I was doing it for 13 weeks. It started September 6, 2016. I'll never forget the date. Uh, my last meal was um, chicken marsala at a, a restaurant. I remember I was at a party. And I thought, oh, 13 weeks, I could do this. I never went back um, to um, any kind of animal products after that, after the 13 weeks was up. The reason, not only because um, ethical reasons, I became an ethical vegan after watching the videos during those 13 weeks, but my muscle, I was building muscle, I was seeing better results than when I was having the minimal animal products. And no, I wasn't having many animal products. I was probably 70% plant-based, 70-80%. But by just giving up the rest of them, I was seeing better results. I felt better than ever. And um, Robert Chi, he was, he was my hero. He, I have so many plant-based heroes, as you can tell, but I, I like to give them all credit because yeah. uh, they really are, are part of my journey. Yeah, I am a big fan of Robert Cheek. Uh, I learned about him early on and um, I love following him. And, you know, I finally got to meet him on one of the vegan cruises. And it's just very, I love his personality. He's and, so positive um, too. And yes, that's the thing, the positivity and the energy that he um, has. Yes. Yeah. So um, if it weren't for, I mean, I, I would probably have gone vegan eventually anyway, but um, really he... Um, Gave me the um, quicker jump start to it, I guess. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm forever grateful for all these people, him and Dr. Furman and yeah. you know, Dr. Gregor. A question, if I can interject about your tummy tuck, because I've often wonder, I've heard about that, right? Like um, with significant weight loss, is that something insurance companies can cover? Unfortunately, no, but I, I was saving for five years just in case. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm glad I did. The only way insurance companies will pay for it, I guess, is if, um, if, if there's other conditions it's causing. Even though I did have skin irritation and, you know, rashes and things, they still wouldn't cover it. But, okay. But that was, that was okay. I was saving for it. And um, I, I did do a, a number of consultations. I'm not one to jump into it. And um, the thing is, I had to do some soul searching before doing it because um, here I did this, the whole weight loss journey. It was all about doing it on my own. And I really felt bad that I had to do surgery, um, you know, for the skin that wouldn't go away. Um, so I, I um, yeah, I really had to um, think long and hard about it. Sure, I, I can imagine. But uh, yeah, I've seen other videos of people making that decision too. But it, but it helped, it probably enhanced your performance even more so, right? It did. That, that's why I'm glad you um, asked about the running too, because in sequence, because I, it built my confidence. Um, uh, eventually, I, I joined a run club. Um, are you familiar with Josh Lajani? Big fan of his too, yes. Yeah, he has a, a run club for um, mostly uh, obese men that uh, end up losing the weight. It's a high success rate. Um, yeah, but I, I'm unique in that I had already lost the weight before joining the, the club. 
But anyway, um, they, they all motivated me. Um, and I did my first half marathon in 2019. And um, I think the reason I was able to do it um, also is because I had this confidence. Um, I didn't have this. I was very self-conscious of the loose skin that would be visible under my shirt. And the, the thing is, uh, at the gym, I remember a few times, somebody would say, oh, you, you must have lost a lot of weight because I see that the skin there. And it was, it was embarrassing to me. Um, and then on the treadmill, hearing the noises, it, it held me back really from wanting to run outside. So it was a huge confidence booster. And, um, and then I did my first half marathon and um, that, that was an amazing experience. Um, just something I never in my life dreamed I could do. Congratulations. And I, I've since done my second one. That was a virtual one last year because of COVID. But um, eventually I want to do a um, full marathon. I have a couple of questions about that, about your uh, the club, the uh, running club that Josh Lajani has, and also about how you did the virtual one. So the that group, the running club for men, Missing Chins Running Club. So is that sort of a, a, like a support group where you encourage e each other, but you're running in your own area? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. And um, we're encouraging others to eat healthy too. It's about um, plant-based eating. Okay. So it's really lifestyle. Yeah. They, they encourage people along the way to, um, you know, if, if they make mistakes, fine. Just, you uh -huh. know, just get right back into it. And and that's, that's what I think a lot of people need is that encouragement to keep going. Yes. So I don't know if you're aware, but our group, um, and I say our group, but our listeners are people who like to participate in, in things that we do. We just completed a virtual um, Grand Canyon adventure. And it was put on by Walk with a Doc. And people, uh, we formed teams and there were it was all virtually done, right? But we did running or walking or swimming, whatever it may be in our own area. And then each team member logged in their hours or their miles, that is. And, um, and so that we could help each other as a team complete 70 miles along the Grand Canyon. And it was That's a great thing. Richard, it was so amazing. I felt like a kid, you know, I was so excited. And whenever you logged in your miles, it would show you where uh, along the Grand Canyon Rim you I were. I love that idea. It would show you photos. So I'd love to hear about your virtual experience of the the one that you recently did. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, that was more of um, on our own. We, we have an app and um, you run in your own town. Um, but I mean, you don't see the other's results until um, afterwards. I love the idea that, that you just described. And if you ever do one again, um, let me know. I yeah, I'm going to have to. I, uh, I'll have to include you because, um, and I just today's newsletter, I just put out some of the images of the uh, participants. But because we're living in this time, you know, where we can't socialize and come together, what I love most about it is like, People, anybody who hears our content who's interested can participate in a virtual experience. It's a way to kind of create an online community and also encourage each other to stay healthy. Absolutely. So, you it, encourage the, the plant-based eating as well? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, now this was not our event, but we we invited people to participate. It was put on by Walk With A Doc, the national organization you probably heard of. But they partner with another organization to promote nutrition, like healthy fats, like eating avocados, for example. And so, I, oh, they're called Love One Today. The whole point is that you encourage people to stay healthy. As oh, absolutely. 
So now you're training for a full marathon, you said? Um, well, not yet. Um, my goal is um, I, I'd love to do the New York City Marathon in the oh, fall. Wow. Mm-hmm. The only thing is um, I'm kind of sidetracked now. Um, I had a, a knee injury in 2019 because um, in college, I actually twisted my knee. Wow. And I think that that might have contributed to the um, issues I'm having later on. But anyway, um, so the problem was I had um, swelling after a, a race in November of that year. I actually had to go to the ER. Um, and um, here's the benefit of being plant-based. Um, the inflammation was gone within uh, like a day or two. <laughs> but um, now I, I fast forward a year and um, the knee started to swell again. It lasted for a full year, the therapy and physical therapy. Um, but the issue is I, I keep re-injuring myself somehow. So I'm going to um, go to a physical therapist to try to figure out what I'm doing wrong that I'm injuring myself. So when, once I have the swelling under control, I mean, it goes away and then comes back. But once that's under control again, I plan to start training again. That's always important to take care of that injury too. I had an injury on my arm, but related to running away from an insect that was trying to come in the house. And I did something like this and I felt this sharp pain go through. So I too need to go to a physical therapist before I can lift weights again. I highly recommend, especially the first round that I had, the second round um, wasn't so great, so I'm trying to find another physical therapist. Okay. But um, I highly recommend them. But also the plant-based eating, I got to say, though, it's great because um, uh, when, when they drained my knee um, the yeah. first time, there was no infection. Um, the swelling stayed away. And um, I think it's because of my healthy eating that the swelling doesn't last. I mean, I'm still getting it. That's, that's the problem. But... I know the inflammation is um, staying away. Um, and not only that, I remember one of the things that um, drew me to Robert Cheek initially was when I was learning about what to eat to work out is what to eat to recover after a workout. I'm glad you mentioned that because um, another reason I liked Robert Cheek, um, his message, um, I had um, a trainer at the time and um I've since given up these um, gym trainers because I already know what I'm doing anyway. But um, I had this one trainer and he was obsessed with protein. And he would tell me to have 200 grams a day. And um, I, I actually tried whey protein and at the time because I wasn't 100% vegan. And I actually got sick that one time that I tried it. I mean, sick to my stomach and I was a mess. Um, so I'm so grateful my body rejected it. But the problem was I was having probably 200 grams of plant-based protein. It, yes, it's gentler, but it wasn't needed. And um, I, my doctor, uh, I had another doctor since um, my first doctor I went to. He told me um, that you know, I could damage my kidney or liver having that much protein. And so he, he got me um, to think about it. And then Robert Cheek, he, he didn't encourage all this protein. And so... Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for um, you know, his advice. Yeah. Can you actually tell us a little bit about the foods? Because, you know, you are an athlete now, you're, you run. What sort of foods do you eat when you want to really build that energy to run? And then what do you eat during recovery? I, I eat a lot of um, fruit, especially, um, you know, prior to a run, you know, banana even is su- sufficient. Um, I don't like to run on a full stomach, but so, you know, banana or orange is fine. Um, after the run, um, 
I, I like to have my brain breakfast then, which is uh, oatmeal, which I think mm -hmm. is a great recovery food, at least for me. Um, yeah, I, I have the oatmeal, typical way everybody, uh, all plant-based eaters have it with the flax and chia seeds and, and nuts and seeds and, you know, yeah. um, berries. When I go to the gym to do weights, I will finish with a smoothie of, um, you know, um, just a, a bunch of um, veggies and fruit that I think will, I, I don't really count protein. I used to have protein powder to it, but I figure there's more than enough protein in the smoothie right. just with the real foods. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we did a post recently where we shared like the ingredients that that go into our smoothie and an individual replied, where do you get your protein? And I thought, oh, it's always that question. My goodness. It's like we always have to. Well, most foods have protein, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and most plant-based foods. No, nobody realizes that. Um, I, I, you know, I have a, um, there's a nutrition um, professor at the college I work at. And she um, was very ignorant in plant-based eating as well. And I actually opened her eyes about a lot of, um, you know, how, how healthy it could be. Because she was under the impression that, you know, we're missing something. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's one of the people who thought you couldn't get enough protein and you had to mix the proteins and all that. And I think the more people see our stories, the, the more they um, realize that, what they were taught isn't right. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm kind of proud that she's starting to open her eyes too. She told me that, that she's, um, she realizes that, you know, being vegan be, can be healthy in the right way. So let's talk about how you guys started with this sharing your story, um, you know, going on different podcasts and different channels, sharing your story. And then also, how did you decide to write a book? Yeah, um, I, I decided to share my story on um, Facebook um, first because uh, I saw other people were sharing their stories and um, I always found them incredibly inspirational whenever I read somebody's um, weight loss story. It, it helped me along the way. And I was eventually I got to the point where so many people were saying, how did you do it? You know, people in public. that I thought, why not try try just to share my story just once, see, see what uh, see what happens. So I, so I shared on my personal Facebook page and I couldn't believe the amount of comments and people were inspired by it. And I, I thought, wow, I, I'm actually inspiring people. It was an amazing uh, feeling thinking that I, I might actually be teaching others um, something. So the more I got um, plant-based, the more I got 100% um, vegan, I wanted to get my story out there because I wanted people to know that um, you can live this way and be healthy and um, build muscle and everything. And I think when I went vegan, especially because uh, uh, I should also say when I went vegan at first, I was ashamed to admit I was vegan. And um, I, I don't know why. Well, actually I do know why growing up people, People around me used to think you can't be vegan. Nobody can be vegan and sustain it. And but um, so I, I'm because of Robert Cheek's um, food journal, his workout journal. I thought I'm going to tell people I'm doing a 13 week challenge, and if they see a difference too, then they'll see that being vegan can work. So um, this was done locally. I decided to share it with uh, people I work out with, and I, I bought my first vegan T-shirt. I wore at the gym it was the no meat, no problem. I still have that shirt today. 
uh, courtesy of our friend Robert Cheek. <laughs> and um, so I wore that at the gym. People would ask questions, no me, no problem. What does that mean? And I would share that what I'm doing for 13 weeks. And um, because people were seeing the results after 13 weeks and uh, I decided to share the story online and I, I started to share my story on um, you know, plant-based groups and the story could go pretty far. And people would always ask me, how did I do it? And um, there's, I, I, there's only so much you could say in a small post because there, there's so many answers to how, how I did it. You know, it was because of blood pressure, but then, you know, there's other items that, you know, I wanted to include with that. So, uh, so because there's only so much to say in a post, I decided um, I really should write a book. And um, I didn't know what a huge undertaking it would be, but I, I started the, um, the book, I think it was sometime um, 2018, because I looked at the date of when I started it. And um, if you want to find a blessing in disguise with the pandemic, because it's hard to find anything positive about it, I was able to find the time to finally finish my book during that year. By December, um, I have a copy of it here just to show everybody the cover. Um, I, uh, I wrote my um, first book, A Plant-Based Journey to Health. Wow, congratulations. Um, I, I had to learn um, how to um, self-publish. I, you know, I, I, I may be a um, designer by trade, but I had no idea what I was doing with publishing. And um, so I'm self-taught. You know, I had to teach myself um, the web and I'm a webmaster. And so I, I knew I could figure out how to publish a book. And I, you know, I figured it out with Amazon and, you know, it's gotten a very positive response, which I'm, I'm grateful for. When did you release that book? Was it this year? Well, December of 2020. Oh, yeah. So you, like you said, you started in 2018, but 2020 gave you the opportunity to finish your book. When I, when I started it up again in 2020, my promise was to finish by the end of the year. And then. One thing I didn't know my, about myself before I started my weight loss journey is, um, I think I mentioned this before, I'm very stubborn. And <laughs> and um, I said I'd finish in 2020, and that's what I forced myself to do. So I made sure it was out in December. Yeah. You know, if there's one thing that I'm learning about you is that you stick to your word. You you are you say you're stubborn, but at the same time, you're very disciplined. So when you make that decided to make that change towards um, improving your health, your um, high blood pressure, you stayed on top of that. And then same thing with uh, working out, running, and now also publishing your book. And that's something I never knew about myself, which um, I, I, I always tell everybody, I'm amazed as anybody that I kept it off, but um, you're absolutely right. It's my determination. Um, and, and that's why I, I think it's wanting to show people I can do it. That's why I want to do the marathon eventually. Mm -hmm. Just uh, to have the experience of saying I did something that less than 1% of the population has ever done. Your book is available on Amazon, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll include a link as well so that people can know how to purchase it. Uh, reviews help you a lot as well, right? Oh, I appreciate that. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay. Yeah, I think awesome. I have four reviews so far. I keep trying to remind people on the Facebook I know. I, I don't know why it's so hard for us to remember. That's a big thing. Like I actually like helping people. When I buy products on Amazon and I have time and I remember, I do write reviews or give feedback. So what else would you like our listeners to know about you? I'd also like to talk about um, 
you know, um, supplements. I was thinking on um, other topics we didn't cover. Um, okay. I do take um, B12, which is critical, and um, D3. I'd like to mention they just have lab work, and my um, vitamin D was checked and B12, and they were perfect. Uh, I know some people were low in vitamin D, especially because I'm in the Northeast. So I, I do think those are, are critical um, vitamins, especially if you're not getting much sun, like I, I'm not this time of year. Mm -hmm. And um, I also take um, DHA after watching Dr. Greger's video, a plant-based one, um, just because, you know, I, I want to protect my brain. And That's a big topic, the DHA. When was your last visit to the physician? And I know that you had the significant improvement with your blood pressure. Um, how are things looking overall? Yeah. Um, oh, great. Um, you know, my cholesterol is great. My blood sugar is great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. When I see blood sugar uh, in the 80s, it just excites me because, um, you know, my mom was uh, type 2 diabetic, as I mentioned, and it's under control, and she's, she's a lot better from that. But there's other people in the family that are type 2 diabetic, and my doctor told me a few years ago, if I keep on this lifestyle, which I'm never going to change because I, I love it, he said, I'll never have to worry about diabetes. And hearing those words... You know, that, that was all the encouragement I need. That's right. And, um, and you know, just, just seeing it here, my blood pressure, it's 110 over 70 or 110 over 60. You know, I, I love that because it shows me, it reinforces that what I'm doing is working. Mm -hmm. And um, I recently um, switched to a plant-based doctor um, online uh, for telemedicine. Um, just just for this one appointment this year, he loses his license in Connecticut um, next year because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But um, I want I wanted to go to a plant based doctor, and that's why I got my um, B12 and D checked because my current doctor he doesn't believe in checking B B12 for some reason. By the way, the doctor wouldn't happen to be Dr. Harrington, would he? Okay, so I've interviewed Dr. Harrington, Dr. Scott Harrington twice now, and I would love to hear from you your experience when, uh, when it comes to telemedicine because there's, I've been trying to kind of um, get the word out and, and encourage people that if they don't have a plant-based primary care physician in their area, they can try this online experience where you can speak with your physician. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? I love it, actually. Um, next year, uh, because he loses his license, my goal is to find another um, plant-based doctor who, who can uh, continue to see me. But um, I would continue to see him if he still has, a, has his license. But anyway, um, I love the experience because um, he, um, he actually spends an hour with you on going over everything. Um, he goes line by line on the lab work. Um, he's very thorough. Um, a lot more thorough than you'd ever get from um, a doctor visit because typically they, they have to keep it down to like 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. and it's not as personable. And um, as long as you um, take your stats ahead of time, I was prepared. Um, yeah, I checked my blood pressure and my vitals. I wear my Apple Watch so I was able to check my um, you know, heart rate. Mm -hmm. And um, as long as you have those things ready, your temperature, um, the, the weight, uh, you know, he asks you those things. Um, you know, it's, it's really, I think, better than 
Right? I mean, if we ever go back to the regular, the way that we used to see our physician back in the day, I don't know, I think I would still enjoy having this converse, a conversation like this, like via Zoom, where I'm speaking with my physician, telling him what's going on with me. He even told me, I don't know if you have used the app, I forgot the name of it, but he told me that there's an app that he asked his patients to use where they can photograph their food. You're the compliant patient, but for individuals who say, well, doctor, I don't know why my numbers are not changing. I'm eating plant-based so he can see what you're actually eating and then help you to modify that so you can improve your health a little bit more right he actually said to me um I probably don't even need a doctor <laughs> anyway <laughs> I went to him like I said because I wanted certain levels checked and he did it and um the thing is is primary care I think is changing we'll, we'll always need um you know certain kinds of doctors like plastic surgeons obviously they have to be um on site and cardiologists there's certain fields that you know you have to see them in person obviously mm -hmm. but for primary care where um they're they're just looking at your vitals and your lab work i don't i don't see why um you couldn't go to a doctor in florida if you're from connecticut like me and just mm -hmm. go to a doctor that you want to see a plant-based doctor mm -hmm. um i love the experience and like i said i plan to continue even after my doctor unfortunately loses his license Right. And that being, I kind of want to explain a little bit more about what you mean by losing his license is that um, when 2020 happened and the, you know, COVID hit, um, there was some sort of a little bit more leeway for physicians to practice telemedicine because of the social distancing and things like that. So many of these individuals kind of started to accumulate licenses throughout the country. But now it seems like the regulations, I don't know if that's what it's called, but like the regulations are going to change a little bit and uh, they're going to go back to being strict and probably taking longer to be licensed in every state. I haven't really needed any kind of treatment in the last 10 or 15 years, but I do want to make it a habit to every every year kind of see my physician just to check the numbers and maybe even to share on social media that I'm doing well. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. A couple of things. Do you have any final words for our listeners? Maybe some of our listeners do not have weight issues, but are curious about becoming more physically active and challenging themselves to do like a marathon or just a physical challenge. And then also, can you tell us um, what's the best way to get a hold of you if we want to follow you on social media? Do you have a website, etc.? Yeah, let me start with the website. Um, I have a, um, a blog. Um, actually, it's going to be uh, rebranded soon because I want to have it um, more nationally branded or, or internationally branded, really. But right now, it's healthylivingct.com. Um, it's not really focused on Connecticut, even though that's the name of the website. But it has all about my journey since I think I started with a, a friend of mine back in 2014 or so. And um, he started originally blogging too, but he uh, kind of, um, you know, lost interest in blogging. But but um, it really follows my um, story and, and all along on how I'm building muscle and how I'm preparing for a race and everything. And um, also, I have a YouTube channel, Healthy Living in CT, and that has um, my interviews with Dr. Furman. Uh, Dr. Clapper, um, Chef AJ, and many others, uh, hopefully others. Yes, yeah. yeah, definitely. And, um, so that, that's where you can find me. And um, Yeah, if you have any kind of final words of encouragement for our listeners. I, as I said before, I, I, 
don't want people to get discouraged. Um, I know it's so easy to get discouraged. Um, but really stay on course. If uh, if you make a mistake, um, I wrote in my book a funny story about, uh, well, not funny, but um, I, I was having lunch with a coworker after I made lifestyle changes. This was in 2012. And um, he had a bag of chips uh, that he um, that he couldn't um, finish. So he gave them to me. And I was already eating healthy at that point. And I, I finished the chips and I had the worst headache for the, the next day or so. And um, I realized at that moment that um, that just just going back to those foods could trigger, um, you know, anything. I could get you know, blood pressure problems again and it could all come, come back to me. So um, I, I would like to say that, you know, there's failures along the way like I had. Just pick yourself up and, and never give up because it's worth it. And um, I also have to say that um, I'm, I'm a, an ethical vegan, and because of that, it's helped me stay on course uh, since 2016. Um, I've never wanted to eat animal products after watching the videos. Um, I mean, it's everybody's personal choice, but for me, um, because it became about the animals too, um, I now obsessively look at ingredients because if there's eggs in it, um, you know, or, or dairy, I definitely don't want it. Um, so for me, that, that really worked, um, being ethical. That's Thank you for bringing that up, because we too are ethical vegans uh, now. I mean, I called myself, I said I started vegan, but really I started with not eating animal products. Then I became plant-based, then I watched the documentaries. That's when I realized about the cruelty that animals endure, and it's so unnecessary because we can find all our nutrients that we need in plant-based foods. Yeah, I feel like since we've gone plant-based that my heart has opened up even more to all sorts of animals. Like the compassion is even stronger than ever before. I just said that's exactly how I feel too. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't want to contribute to that. And plus, I want to take care of my health because even if I'm good right now, I'm not going to add to my health by eating eggs again, you know? Exactly, exactly. So. Well, for me, you know, it's about the health and the animals and the environment. That's right. It's really about all of them. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing by sharing your story of inspiration and giving other people hope. Um, it means so much that I was able to chat with you and continue that great work of sharing your story. I'm going to put all your links um, in the show notes as well. I appreciate that. It was a great interview. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank you, Richard Hubbard. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Plant-Based DFW podcast show. If you like our content, please like, share, and leave a review. Our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community.